Welcome to a another episode of the Love Boat. I'm your host Matt Johnson, Preet Shaw, Carter Cox are here. Guys, we have no Vikings news to talk about really, but we got some NFC North wins and losses in the playoffs, and a couple exciting games, a couple of not so exciting games. But there's some implications for the next few weeks, so let's talk about that briefly, and then. You know, wherever the wind takes us, and then talk super gremlin at the end. So, Preet, uh, I know you're feeling great right now, but do you want to just... I actually didn't watch a Saturday game, so I'll put that out there. So, besides headlines and, like, stats, I didn't know exactly the extent of the Jordan Love meltdown, but if you want to break that down for me, being the Vikings fan here, that'd be great. It really even wasn't a meltdown. He went to San Francisco, played a lot better than I thought he did. For like 58 minutes of that game, I thought the Packers were actually the better team. And you know, he's just hit. yeah, yeah, they were they were firing 100. percent Yeah, they got kind of robbed on that fourth and one in the red zone where I thought he clearly got it. And, and I'll say I'm basing meltdown off the stat line, two picks. That's pretty devastating in a playoff that, well, game. That, but continue. That, that's just super like misleading. That first pick really. Sure, he gets it behind Tucker Craft, but that ball's not intercepted unless Tucker Craft just tries to bat it away and then get, gets picked there. Gotcha. That that was pretty. That was a rough one. Uh, he played very well, actually, considering all all of the elements he was playing against. You know, the rain, the wind. Brock Purdy, you know, wipe his hand mid like mid throw to get even like a semi decent pass off. Jordan Love played very well up until the end, where he just pulls a straight 2009 Brett Favre against the New Orleans Saints. Rolls yeah. out, throws it across his body into the middle of the field to an interception. Uh, granted, I'm really uh, nervous and interested to see what the Packers could do with him going forward. He looks like the real deal. He makes at least one or two throws a game where you're just like, how did he make that? Granted, you know, we said a lot did go against him. A lot went his way to, I think, two of his touchdowns. The Niners the defenders just slipped in coverage and fell down. So that also happened. But he will definitely be very good in the future, and it's Interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, that's that's you know the biggest takeaway is how do the Packers build around him and continue to give him the weapons he needs to succeed because they might have another great quarterback on their hands. Yeah, it seems like they fell right into another one, which is great, great news. But I don't know. Honestly, I don't hate some nice competition, and like the dream is that he's good for a long time at this point, but not like legendary Aaron Rodgers Favre status. But we'll see. Like that's my hope. Uh, Carter, I'm assuming you sat your ass down and watched all the games. Of course. Last week, my entire, everything I learned from the first round of the playoffs was that the Vikings need to drop everything and get the predecessor to Kirk Cousins or the, did I use that right? Successor. Successor. That's the right. Close enough. I dropped everything and I said, they need to draft a guy, whether it's first round, whether it's early second round or whatever get the guy in the seat and then sit him, develop him, like follow the Jordan love CJ Stroud. Uh, both those teams lost. Is that a knock to the theory I was coming towards? Or is that just the natural progression of a young quarterback in the playoffs? Well, not, I mean, it's hard to knock someone like that, especially on the Texans. I mean, they weren't even supposed to be there. Let's be real for a yeah. second. Nobody, people were rating them as a worse position than the Panthers to be in. Ideally, I think it's the best case scenario to have a young quarterback sit behind someone for a year, be aggressive and go out and grab that guy if you're actually, you know, in love with this guy as a prospect. I wouldn't let 
any results of the playoffs sway you from that point because ultimately, like I'd say both teams overachieved relatively to how other people had had them ranked, especially compared to some expectations of other teams in the divisions. You can look at the Jags. I mean, good Lord, they missed the playoffs. Like you told most people halfway through the season that the Jags would miss the playoffs and the Bills would be the two seed hosting the Chiefs. I mean, people wouldn't have believed you, you know, so I don't look at it that way at all. If anything, I view it as more assurance that that's the way to do it. Yeah. And you can't knock. I mean, it was their second start in the playoffs in their careers. And, you know, at least for CJ Stroud, I mean, he has some, some weapons around him, but I don't think that team's in the perfect spot for a playoff run yet either. No. And the Ravens are just kind of immense. I mean, Lamar Jackson on the ground was crazy. Yeah, really cool though. Honestly, it's it's so fun to watch, and him I'm and personally Josh rooting Allen. for the Ravens. To be honest with you, um, that's I've been rooting since the start of this for them because I mean I'm a big fan of Lamar Jackson. Seeing him get some playoff wins is cool. I like Lamar. I really like Lamar. I am kind of tired. I, I do think some of the jokes are funny, but there's also a group of people who genuinely think that of him, <laughs> which is just kind of insane if you watch it and. You can pick and choose throws, but you can really do that for any quarterback. And at this point, like, I feel like Lamar is a superhero of the NFL and everyone wants to save him against the big, bad Swifties of uh, Kansas City. Yeah, I remember when he wasn't guaranteed to return to the Ravens at one point and people were talking about, oh, what if he ended up on the Vikings, hypothetically? And people were saying they would rather keep Kirk than have Lamar Jackson. That was crazy to me. And I don't know. I think it's further proved now, even barring Kirk's injury, because he didn't start the season off even amazing. But it's all in a vacuum, so I don't think it's really conclusive. Lamar is kind of the anti-Kirk in a way where he doesn't put up immense statistical numbers, but he drives winning in a way that Kirk really doesn't. I mean, yeah, his MVP season was that, but you're, I think you're right, at least in the passing game. Yeah. I mean, he threw for about a 100, like, what, 83 yards this week? But, like, just yeah, the impact he had beyond those throws was immense. In I a mean... Way. Yeah, for people that don't have the stat sheet for him, he had 11 carries for 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. So, yeah, it insane. If you pre, you're right. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff you don't see on first glance. And I don't know. It's like exactly what you said the antithesis to the guy who at least is regarded as a stat patter, Kirk Cousins. But I think people in Minnesota know he lives up to his stats to an extent. Granted, it takes all it takes is one ring to get rid of that stat patter. Absolutely. Name. Like, look at Matt Stafford. We called him a stat patter for the longest time. Got that ring. Look how the perception of him has changed. Perception of Matt Stafford, though. I mean, people always thought of him as like a dog. I don't know if they thought about Kirk until they saw the NFL quarterback series. But that yeah. person, pe- people really forget that the conversations around Kirk were so mixed. And I'd say it was probably like 60% negative. That's true. And that's why I was never on the board that Kirk was fully underrated because there was a big group of people, even outside of Vikings fandom, that respected Kirk. But then there was also just the other 50% also thought, you know, he was a joke. Like they were. I think the conversation's gone to a point where he's gone overrated to a certain extent. There are people putting in like top five. Or I'm just like, I don't think he belongs there at all. And it's funny because the scale of both sides still exists. Like, he's still underrated, I think much less so. But yeah, it's still there, which is crazy. Like, can we just accept that he's like a top 10 guy on the fringe? He's of... a top 10 to 12 guy, depending on the day. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. And like 
some of these quarterbacks in there, like Goff and Purdy. I don't know what that says to me. I guess defense wins championships still exist, but I mean, God, the Lions don't have an all-world well, defense. Does it really so win championships or does it just win you a playoff game or two? Because neither of those guys yeah. have won championships yet. They no, very, not yet. They're both the Rams wrong. very clearly well, made it. Goff's not, but the Grant the Rams made it clear that Jared Goff couldn't get it done. Sean McVay basically said, "I can get it done with anyone but this guy." They moved on from him. In Until, that role, in that role, I think he's in a different role now. I think he's in a very uh, yeah. I mean, uh, granted, Ben Johnson doesn't have him do all the same things, and he's probably matured a lot more. And playing quarterbacks probably a lot easier and more simplistic with the Rams, but. He's only won two playoff games so far. Like he hasn't won a chance, and he won against two nine-win teams. He hasn't beaten an. Yeah, I was gonna say we first hard team. This is a good transition to the Lions because they have quite the relative cakewalk in the playoffs with the Buccaneers and um. And even then, they looked very shaky in both of those games. They looked completely mortal. I mean, I think that's a testament to the coaching because that's where that grit and like you know, players coach mentality comes in. I think that I attribute to what KOC did last year with the Vikings, where they pulled out of those close games to that kind of mentality to an extent. I mean, I don't not assuming the whole season was because of a player's coach, but I don't know how far that gets the lines this year in the playoffs, especially that's tough. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised they got this far, but I think it stops here in my opinion. And I am kind road of road golf. Look right at his now. splits. Look at his splits this year on the home versus at home versus on the road. It's two very different quarterbacks. There's their first that's game interesting. on the road. Yep, that's true. Uh, I don't know anything to draw Carter from the Buccaneers Lions game that we haven't talked about for you. Otherwise, we'll just touch on the Bills and Chiefs and then maybe look forward to the next round. Respect Baker is the yes. number one thing I'd still say. Respect Baker. Whatever team lands, Mike Evans still got a receiver who still very much has a lot left in the tank. Great saying think, respect Baker is wild. I think that, um, especially considering how we started this season mm-hmm. uh, with bashing on Baker, uh, and he, Preet's not well enough to defend himself. Right He's got now, that but... dog, bro. Yeah, Preet, Preet's kind of submitting this episode. This is we would I if it was up to me, we would play some. Uh, play some clips from that first episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't have that high of an effort level. I stand, look, back, I stand Baker, by the fact that nobody cares about Baker as a top 10 quarterback, but I, he did outperform my expectations. Well, that's not what we were arguing. That's fair. Oh, no, um, not at the beginning of the year, but who cares now? But nonetheless, um, I think if the Bucks can keep the same staff, you keep Baker. So just respect Baker, you know, well, even as a Panthers is- fan. The problem is David Canales, the guy who's their OC, is probably going to be the Panthers' next head coach. He's the betting favorite, I think. So, as I most recently, I actually heard uh, Vrabel. Vrabel might be the betting favorite, but they haven't had done an interview. They did two interviews with Canales, I think. Okay, so I think he's the front runner. But regardless, I think you're going to see what's very interesting is next year you're going to see Baker and you're going to see Golf most likely without their offensive coordinators. Their head coaches don't call the offensive plays, so you're going to see what those guys are really made of without those two guys. Because Ben Johnson and David Canals are two very highly respected offensive coordinators and play callers. So you're going to see, was it the offensive coordinator really helping them and holding their hand, or was it these guys playing well? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. I think you need to keep a lot of the same uh, the same people in place to guarantee that success. Because it's very clear that the team likes Baker as well. I think hard he kind of fits too. in well. 
Um, okay, with that, I mean, the Bills Chiefs game, the running thread was kickers missing important kicks. Uh, Stefan Diggs continuously being garbage against the Chiefs in big games. Yeah, I mean, Dalton Kincaid had the most receiving yards in that team. No, I think it was Shakir. I'm pretty sure it was Shakir. I think I had it up. It was Dalton Kincaid by one yard creep. Ah, I think he got like two yards at the end there. I know Shakir had it for the most. (laughs) It was like, what, 46, though? It was like 47 yards. 45 to 44. Yeah, none of the receivers showed up. Yeah, I mean, two running backs also. Those four players, two running backs and the two tight ends had more yards than Diggs. And I mean, Josh, Josh Allen, Allen on, the ground, on the ground. but Yeah, Josh Allen on the ground had more yards than Diggs. Yeah, so I don't know. The Chiefs, I don't know what the Chiefs proved. I mean... Well, I do. I, I, can, I can say very clearly they've proved that this Chiefs team has a whole different identity than the first era of Mahomes teams we've seen. The first era of Mahomes teams was very much, you know, we got to score 50 to win the game. They've completely rebuilt that defense. That defense is legitimately a top five unit, in my opinion, with Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, and uh, Trent McDuffie leading them. They've become very good, and they've proved they can hold these top-end quarterbacks and receivers to four days, and they can really let their offense coast a little bit. That sounds to me like a really nice AFC Conference Championship this week. I... Love watching the Ravens and the Chiefs are not a team to be reckoned with. So I think that'll be a good matchup. I think the Funny Ravens enough, are think, slightly better. I think the Ravens might have the only player on the NFL who I trust to guard Travis Kelsey in Kyle Hamilton. Uh, that was it's so crazy because that's exactly what his draft profiles were talking about coming out of college. Exactly. He has the speed, he has the length, he has the size, he's not afraid to put a hit on you. And hey, if we're talking about the you know, just some draft profiles for a second. I'm going to do a little family guy cutaway right here. KJ Britt's a dog. Very much KJ so. KJ Britt is a dog. Just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all can uh, y'all can come back. For those who don't know, KJ Britt is a fifth-round pick linebacker out of Auburn who plays for the Bucks. Very good. Who player. I wrote a draft profile on. He's basically made Devin White obsolete. Yes. I forgot about if you saw all those sad videos and pictures of Devin White standing on the sidelines because KJ Britt took his money and ran with it. <laughs> took a job. Yeah, I yeah. saw I they saw took Devin, her jobs. Devin White saw the unemployment saw his name in the lights in the unemployment office. KJ Britt, I believe, is one of the first players in NFL history to successfully stop the tush push. Ooh. He did. He did do him by, by himself. So first and last, <laughs> potentially. Well, I think Vita Vey also did it a couple times. Or okay, uh, yeah, but but KJ, whatever. if you look about, if anybody wants to go look up that play, I'm sure you can find it on Twitter. KJ Britt tears him apart and just throws Jalen Hurts backwards. I also want to say, uh, Vita Vey and Kalijah Cansey had decent games to beat the Lions. I think you got to get the pressure on Goff, and the interior was helping out. Just they couldn't; their defense was getting dinged up and hurt so much. It was really frustrating. They couldn't pick up a corner blitz to save their life, which really just knocked them out of range twice for field goals. And, I mean, what else is there to talk about other than the Lions and 49ers? Am I am I the only one rooting for the Lions' downfall? Yes. Or no, no, no. Well, Preet's with me, I think, for sure. But what about... I think I mean, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see the Lions when I think it'd be more fun, but... uh. If the 49ers do win, I hope they win the Super Bowl. Maybe. I, well, actually, I'd rather see the Ravens win. I do like Lamar. I don't think you don't want to see either. McCaffrey win it? I mean, I would like to see McCaffrey win, 
But I guess in terms of just looking at my pure entertainment factor, I bet the game is better if the Ravens win. I think it'd be really funny if Sam Darnold displaces Brock Purdy and wins a ring. Hey, if you had told me two years ago that Sam Darnold and Christian McCaffrey would both have a ring in 2023 through 2024, I would have been started partying that day. Like, <laughs> I have a hard time seeing any NFC te- either of the NFC teams winning the Super Bowl if whoever progresses, to be honest. I just want to say... We definitely forgot to gloss over that. We glossed over the fact that uh, another Auburn kicker missed an important kick. I mentioned it, and I'm going to talk about it later. But shout out Anders Carlson. Womp womp. Hey, hey, look. All I'm going to say is, uh, never disrespect Daniel Carlson for the first but time. I, I, as someone who watched Anders Carlson kick for five years, I was very surprised that he was drafted. To be for honest, for the first time ever, a Carlson kicker has helped my levels of anxiety instead of hurting them. You just you just don't respect Daniel. I I respect Daniel. I just I disrespect Mike Prefer, special teams coach. Who I just I, wish I, Daniel. I wish he worked out before. Uh... Well, no, Daniel Carlson could kick. Mike Prefer fucked him up. Like there's a very clear Ryan Longwell called the Vikings for an office after that game. It's like this is what Daniel Carlson's doing wrong. Bring me and I can help him. Ryan Logel, a respected kicker for multiple years, like twenty years. Yeah. Or- they just never returned his calls. And then Daniel Carlson goes to a different team, gets Rich Bisacci as coach. All-world kicker. Yeah. The stories write themselves, people. That was a different front office. That front office. That was also, both those kicks felt, or, well, you know, both those kicks reminded me of different Vikings kicks in postseason for different reasons. The Carlson miss obviously reminded me of, uh, reminded me of Gary Anderson in 98, 99. And uh, Tyler Bass reminded me of Blake. I mean, Anders Carlson has been terrible all year, all year. Like, no, I'm just talking about the situation he missed it in. Oh, it's I know. Go, I don't know yeah. if anyone expected him to make it, though, to be honest. I mean, there's a quote Matt LaFleur said every time we go up to kick, I just pray, which is like, you definitely don't have any trust in your kicker. You was, was that, was that real? Was yes, that, that a was real, real quote? quote? Yes. I genuinely thought that was one of those joke sports quotes. I mean, honestly, at this point, he's gone, so who cares? I don't think he's gone. The fact that they didn't cut him. Makes me makes me think he's not gone. Matt Lafleur ripped Tom Rinaldi for misinterpreting his "When he goes out there, I just pray" quote regarding Packers. Kids. So it's out of context, wah, wah, according, according to Lafleur. Live flag. Boohoo Lafleur. No, he, when he said that, he knew what was going to happen. He probably, is, he, probably. That's just that's just him bitching. Uh, should we just do predictions since we're down to two games this week just for fun? I mean, you guys kind of need. A I mean, sure. Break. I was just gonna say, y'all see the, uh, y'all see that uh, Jair Alexander post where he basically implies that his his time in Lambo is done. I didn't see that. I didn't, but that sounds like Jair, and I bet nothing comes from it. I don't know, man. I don't know. That front office seems very fed up with his antics. That's true, and he didn't play that well this year. Yeah. So. Also, corners just fall off so quick, man. Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy how many corners are like staples in the league for one to two to three years. And Josh then Norman, you don't hear Xavier from them Rhodes. again. Yeah. I mean, you could go on and on, brother. Stephon Gilmore. Not Gilmore had a good season. He's not who he was, though. Well, he's also 33. That's what I'm saying. Well, okay. Sometimes they fall off at like 29, 30. Um, so I guess he had a longer longer reign but um let's do just i guess conference championship predictions quick i'm uh 
The AFC is hard for me. My heart says Ravens. I think I'll pick the Ravens. I think that's what I'd go with. Carter, who are you going with? I truthfully don't necessarily know how to how to pick these games. I don't know how. To- I, I've done pretty well. Me and Preet have both done pretty well in our predictions leading up to these games. I mean, it really feels like you. a toss up. I, you know, I, I guess in the AFC, well, me, I'm talking about Preet, me and Preet. Well, Preet oh, okay. did it. I just talked about it, but uh, yeah. we, Preet did an actual playoff bracket. Um, yeah. The only, only game I've got so wrong are the Lions. I had them losing round one. Have there been, what were there, two upsets in the wild card? Or are there more? I got, I got the Packers over do the. You, do you count uh, the Texans beating the Browns as an upset? Yeah. No, by Vegas favored. standards, by Vegas standards, standards it was, but they were the highest. Yeah, well, mm. uh, the way that I, I, I was I going by Vegas. At the end of the day, mind. I do think the Chiefs' defense is great. I don't know if I can trust their receivers in the big moments, which I expect Baltimore's defense I mean, to put them in. Rice was playing well two weeks ago. He played yeah, well last week too. Good. He but played well. Getting he didn't get that much volume. As a Marquez Valdez-Scantling made two impressive catches. I, but see, how many times is he going to be making those catches in the clutch? That's what I'm wondering. Not to do it. And so I think I'm just going to pick the Ravens to have fun. And you know, I mean, color theory will remain true, saying that the Ravens and the 49ers will be in the Super Bowl. Could have been the Vikings. And you know, I I don't think that the Lions. I really like them, and they're so fun to watch. But I, I don't know if they can. Beat I don't the 49ers. think they take the fight 49ers down. Yeah, I can't I don't, believe. I, I think we've seen the peak. We of need what a they Purdy are. meltdown for the 49ers to lose, and that's hard to do in a Shanahan offense. I can't believe I'm the only one going with Patrick Mahomes and the in the Chiefs. It's not I, the same. I dude. feel like I feel like a lot of other times I would agree with you. It's just. I don't know if I their their receivers have played fairly well, all things considered, the first two rounds. I don't trust them to do it three weeks in a row. I don't. I just it's it's like I, my it's, dad it's always in said Baltimore too. You know, I know my dad always said he never bets against Tom Brady, and for me, that equivalent is never bet against Patrick Mahomes. I yes, just, I I know, I know. I I really want to pick the Chiefs, but it there's something inside of me. There's it's a swifty letting me, there's, yes. There's it's not letting me pick. Them. It feels like it's lining up for the Ravens. They got the first round by. This is like Lamar Jackson breaking. You know the. Here's what's gonna happen is there's gonna be an important like, third and there's gonna be like a third and eight or like a fourth and eight. Lamar's gonna lob it up to like Nelson Aguilar and it's gonna go right in between his hands. And it's gonna cost him the game. It's it's swifty. This devil is the pre-special. Just throwing a hypothetical specific situation out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just think there's. I just well, don't here, Patrick Mahomes. Here's what I care about: Lions or 49ers. Then we'll go to oh, 49ers. 49ers, and it's not particularly close. It might be a two-three score game. Well, they don't. Where's their chip on the shoulder for this one? Huh? The fact I that mean, they're the, the Lions, team. I guess I don't know. They've been they've been playing the whole. I don't know. My I guess my bold prediction is Kirby Joseph doesn't injure someone. That's my. That's bold prediction. really bold. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, Carter, do you want to introduce Super Grimlin? Of course, Super Grimlin of the Week or is a rapid our... fire round, so we yeah. actually keep an episode short. Super Grimlin of the Week is our segment coined by Antonio Brown, where we talk about really nothing related to anything we just talked about, but on how much we get off topic, we tend to hit topics twice. And my Super Grimlin of the Week is none other than Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. I guess, actually, let me rephrase that. Uh, Lane Kiffin more so for tweeting out against Ohio State head coach Ryan Day 
claiming that Ryan Day has now spent $13 million in NIL money to obtain a super team college football team. Just a just a crazy Lane tweet. Lane, Lane's kind of been losing his mind on Twitter lately. And Lane uh, fun, Lane is the guy who loves the NIL more than anything else. He Oh, he I know. Got, he's been a he's loves the transfer portal, dude. He got someone to commit from Mississippi State to Ole Miss. He got someone to flip from Old Mississippi State to Ole Miss. Like they, they were they he, were He's actually, really not a fan of Auburn right now though because of a kicker actually named Towns Magoo who rather walked on to Auburn than accept a full scholarship to Ole Miss, and that really set him off. And we also just stole his assistant head coach to be our offensive coordinator after he tweeted out, at Auburn football, why is everyone calling this guy? He's right here in the office. He's staying at Ole Miss, and just a few days later, he's coming to Auburn. Thank you, Derek Nix. Lane, you should have taken that job at Auburn, brother. Yeah. I agree. I'll do. I'll submit mine. It's quick. We've talked about it. Uh, kickers, kickers are my super gremlin. They're basically like a pretty good all-time super gremlin. People's people's playoffs live and die by them pretty regularly. So uh, thank you, Anders Carlson and what Tyler Bass is that his first name? Yep, Tyler Bass. Lovely, lovely endings to two fun, just fantastic games. Thanks to the kickers. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's all. It's going to be a Vikings fan, very close to home. The AFC has the two best kickers in football playing against each other for my money and uh, Butker and Tucker. So that should be interesting. Well, that ends up with me, I guess. I'm going to go with uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson as my super grim on the week. You know, him great Baker, pick. Great pick. <laughs> him and Baker Mayfield had that back and forth where Baker Mayfield ended with like, oh, you know. I guess he doesn't watch too much film of like this season because Russell hasn't, you know, Russell Gage hasn't snap, played a snap for us. But uh, yeah, he he ended up getting interception on the first drive, and then you know to add a little bit salt in the wounds to Baker Mayfield, tossed him the football, which is me and Carter for context. I played backyard football multiple times with our friends. We jump the high school fence and do it. This is a move I I have done multiple times in backyard football, and I just I love it so much. I multiple times have you know if I catch a touchdown over someone when they talk shit, I toss them the ball. Or like it just feels something right out of backyard football. And, you know, I don't like to give the Lions praise, but that was very incredible. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, so, true super great. I think Preed is overhyping his relevance he, in backyard football. Well, let's no, I no, no. I'm underhyping, but I'm going to let him have it today because he's sick. Uh, what's like Char- uh, Gardner Johnson's like level in the NFL? Is he like just good? I think starter? he's a very good safety. He, I'd say he had a few elite years in him. I'd say he's a borderline pro bowler. That's yeah. a dog move to really step up when you talk shit and come through with it. I like that. Fair, no, he, that was... he has had some fantastic seasons for the Eagles. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, well, it was only with the Eagles one year. I think it was the Saints you're thinking of. He had a couple fantastic years with. Oh, duh. yeah. The, the That one year he had with the Eagles. Excuse me. Misspoke right there. He was, was very good. Trade. Duh. How could I forget? He was a member of the... Uh, that little crazy little thing in in 2020 against the Bears. Oh yeah, with Javon Williams. Yeah, yeah. He was how could I forget? He's already produ- is- we know he has the dog in him after that. Oh, dude, he's the ultimate player of you'd love to have him on your team. You'd hate to play against him. That's a good point. Well, you know, almost almost Who's I get him confused with right there. Almost a Viking. The Vikings traded up to, or the Vikings are going to get him. The Saints trade up right in front of us, and then Rick Spielman is like, "Fuck, we had to trade out of this pick." Would have loved to see it, to be honest. Dude, he would be incredible. Him and, him and Harrison Smith next to each other. 
that seems like a menacing second. Like, Bro, safety. they would have been flipping positions so often between free and strong. He, he also presses so much too. Like he's he gets a very a good, good amount of snaps at corner. Oh yeah, that's that's what's allowed Kirby Jessup to get more snaps than like Melifon. They have like with between he gets a him, ton of corner snaps. It's ridiculous. Dude, him and Brian Branch get a lot of corner snaps. The, their yeah. safety depth is ridiculous. Brian Branch getting corner snaps is still just insane to me. Brian Branch is incredible. I do not know how he slipped to the second round. Positional yeah. value is so stupid for allowing him to slip to the second round. I think. I mean, I, I think Dude, if we had taken him instead of Jordan, if we had taken him instead of Jordan Addison at twenty three, I would have been fine with it. I wouldn't have hated it. Yeah, but I mean, I think Jordan Addison's value has to this team so far has been understated. Despite no, it is. It is a great year. It is. He had like nine hundred. Yeah, 920 yards, but I'm just I saying... I feel like no one's talking about it, too. I'm just saying, if we selected Brian Branch instead of Jordan Addison, I wouldn't have hated it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, call me crazy, but if crazy. Jordan Addison didn't have... Thank you. If Jordan Addison didn't have as much like draft hype going around him and he plays the full season without Justin Jefferson being the wide receiver one, he puts up close to Puka Nakua-type numbers. If and he had the, the volume, Puka Nakua hype, if he didn't have four quarterbacks, the entire yeah. could could have been. The but even then, team. still getting nine hundred yards is crazy. And he was the wide receiver one for a majority. He was kind of yeah. invisible a couple weeks too. So yeah, he. I mean, if you give him the volume, and he was got zero yards regular. versus the Panthers, a game where you'd expect him to get yards. He didn't really take wide receiver one snaps till after. Hey, we'll we'll put up a banner for uh for that. Hang the Might banner. be the only thing we get to put up a banner for. No, 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 no. Internal, internal hire, uh, Dan Morgan. That's a banner. No, I, I like Dan Morgan. I mean, it's cool to see a former Panthers guy get support from the players and whatnot. I will yeah. say, I do think the last it's time that crazy had Frank Reich. Yeah, I know. Well, he didn't get as much support as this guy did. Um, but it, it is crazy for me to promote from within in this scenario. But I'm gonna hope for the best. So. And with that, I think we did. I think we did good. I mean, there wasn't Vikings stuff talk about, but we were good boys this week. We didn't go forty-five. I enjoyed this podcast. This was a nice yeah. laid back. I think it's episode. a lot better when I'm sick and can't do Family Guy cutaways or interrupt. You might be onto something. We did this for the people. No, I'm just kidding, Pre. We love your Family Guy cutaways as long as you hold no, them we don't. two or three per episode at most. Um, we'll talk more next week playoffs. I think we'll hit the Super Bowl. And then that's when we're going to do our off-season transition. And we got a couple fun episodes planned. And we'll we might see you. the return of a certain Gil. Um, okay, subtle. We like it. Very secretive, Preet. No one can suss that out who's a fan. And with that, why don't you end the whole podcast? Well, you guys have just completed your voyage on the love boat. See you guys next week. Terrible. Bye. Sports! Can we steal that? We've already stolen so much.